Hey guys, welcome to the Fantasy Coaches Podcast. This is your host, as always, Steve Pintado, and my main man, Jabron Curtis. What's going on today, Jibs? It's going good, it's going good, guys. What's going on? Yeah, week four, almost in the books. Steelers, Bengals play tonight. Uh, a lot of people probably have some fantasy players on the line. Hopefully it all pans out for you guys. I know myself, I have a couple players that are going through. Today for you guys, we're going to be doing... Uh, five things that both me and Jibs have noticed from this past four week four weekend. We're going to give some waiver wire advice, and we're going to have the student doc on in a little bit to go over some injuries with us as well. But before we get into that, just a quick message from our affiliation sponsor, Unwrap Sports Network. What's up, everybody? Perry Aston here, co-founder of the Unwrap Sports Network, asking you to check us out on Sportscaster. The host of this podcast, as well as many other Unwrapped Sports Network members from across the entire country, are streaming live on Sportscaster. You can live chat with your host, even send them virtual gifts and tips to keep them churning out the best content that you love. So head on over to sportscaster.com slash unwrapped. That's sportscaster, S-P-O-R-T-S-C-A-S-T-R. Or download the Sportscaster iPhone app and tune into the entire Unwrapped Sports Network live on Sportscaster. And we're back. Thanks for listening to that, guys. But going into our first segments of the day, we're going to start with the news, as always. And there's been a lot of things going on from yesterday until today. Devontae Adams already out for next Sunday's game against the Cowboys. A.J. Green more than likely won't be back until at least week seven. Uh, Tariq Hill is definitely out for a couple more weeks, but we'll talk more about those receivers later when the dock gets on. Cam Newton's probably out till at least week seven, uh, which means Kyle Allen gets another start again to uh, prove his point that he could be the starting quarterback moving forward, maybe. Josh Allen is in concussion protocol. TJ Hawkinson does not get the IR spot. So Saquon Barkley is out of the walker boot already, which is a big surprise. And uh, Valdez Perfect, the Raiders linebacker, is suspended for the year because he's stupid and shouldn't have made a bad bad tackle like he did. Uh, Jibs, do you have anything to say on any, on any of this news? It's good to see Saquon uh, rapidly recovering from his high ankle sprain. That's good news. Bonte is perfect. He's a knucklehead. I don't understand. He's been fined multiple times, suspended a couple of times, and he's still acting in full. There's no need for that in the NFL, especially the, them trying to clean up these, uh, these injuries. And I feel bad for Devontae Adam owners, but it is a toe injury. You know how those things linger for wide receivers. Yeah, and... Hopefully the student doc, when he gets on in just a little bit, hopefully can give us some good insight on that. So until then, we're going to start off with our five things from week four. Jibs, I'll let you go first. What was the first thing you got from week four? Well, how the Browns offense played so well without Odell Beckham being in the mix. If you guys didn't know, if you didn't have Odell on your team, he finished for two catches for 20 yards. But the Browns won handily over the Baltimore Ravens. Landry and Chubb had an amazing day in the ground and air. Chubb had three touchdowns on the ground. Landry had over 100 in, uh, what, 70 yards? 70 yards, I believe. Yeah, he was a, Chubb was amazing out there. I mean, he basically won me one, one of my leagues just by himself, basically. Yeah, so I definitely 
says something. And um, I caught a little bit at the end of the game, and O'Dell didn't even look like he wanted to be on the field. That plus, he caught like basically his last few catches like after Landry got uh, taken off the field with a concussion. So it's just very strange, very strange. Yeah, and it's something to look forward to moving forward. Definitely, if, if Odell doesn't get that production always, you know, you never know what his attitude may be. But my first thing that I noticed in week four was the Falcons' defense without uh, Kawana and Neal, they're like all pro safety. That defense is complete garbage, and he's not on the field. If you guys don't know, he unfortunately tore his Achilles and is out again for the year. Just like last year, another uh, season-ending injury. But this defense got torched by Titans def- the Titans offense. Marcus Mario with 227 yards, three touchdowns. Derrick Henry with 100 yards rushing. And there were wide receivers of A.J. Brown and Corey Davis kind of just kind of went as they as uh, took, took, just took over, basically, and, and just really messed up this secondary to no extent. And it's definitely a concern moving forward for them. But for us in fantasy, it's something to take note if your guys have players that are playing against the Falcons defense there's good chances that these are matchups you want to have now because we're always looking to find easy matchups for our players and this could be something moving forward this also could be good for our Falcon players who now that if they're going to be trailing in games that means Matt Ryan Julio Jones Calvin Ridley Austin Hooper Mohamed Sanu all are going to get a lot of work done and hopefully a lot of fantasy points from us Uh, but Jibs what about your second one second one the Bucks finally break out this week. It was one of the four o'clock games I had a close eye on. There's a lot of fantasy players on my team that are going off in both teams. I was a knucklehead and forgot to set reset my lineup for the four o'clock games and had a Chris Godwin on the bench. So watching that happen, he finished with a monster game. If you guys haven't known, probably one of the top five receivers this week as well. But he had. Uh, 12 catches for 170 yards and two touchdowns. Woo! Yeah. Mike Evans even, he, he, he rallied it for it, called the garbage time touchdown, 89 yards, one touchdown. And Cameron Brate even got in the mix. Three catches, 36 yards, and a touchdown. What? Ha- how does the Bucks score 55 points and O.J. Howard only has 30 yards receiving? That's kind of a disappointment. That's my kind of big notice from this game. It's kind of like the Odell thing that they don't need him to perform very well, which is concerning on his part because he's he's getting closer to being one of those players. Like, is he really worth keeping as my tight end at this point? I don't know, but it's definitely something you need to monitor moving forward. If there's someone better out there, like a Will Disley, still, I might want to make the move maybe because Will Disley's putting up production and OJ Howard is not. It's just frustrating though because his snap percentage is very high, but. It's just not panning out. He doesn't field. have a great connection, unfortunately. It looks like it with uh, Jameis out there. Yes, that's very true. So what do you got on your slate? For me, Jacoby Brissett is turning into a startable quarterback. <laughs> uh, I will talk about him later, too, but I will talk about him now. You know, he's got three straight games of 20 points. He's looking good out there. He doesn't even have T.Y. this past week. Yes, the Raiders' defense isn't the isn't a really above-average defense or anything like that, but... The fact that he was able to put up 20 points still in this game shows that he doesn't need to have a top one number one receiver on him at all times. It seems like he's able to produce fantasy points and get the ball down the field, even a little bit of a garbage time, I guess. But they were trying to make a comeback. 
And, you know, they don't have a top-tier receiver number two on their team right now. Their tight ends are just above average at best. So it was good to see that he can still produce without T.Y. Hillen in there. And with a big matchup next week against the Chiefs, you saw what Stafford did this week. I think Jacoby Brissett is a great player to to have on your team moving forward. And I'll talk a little bit more about that when uh, we get down to our waivers. <laughs> He stole the words right out of my mouth. That was my third one. To uh, be honest, I sat so, him. I sat. I sat him over Tom Brady. So it was pretty sad. Ah, uh, you can't be that sad now. Yeah. But he's, he's a, it's been encouraging. That's for sure. Like I definitely haven't been on the Colts bandwagon for a second. I finally jumped on, and they lost the game. But they they gave Oakland their all. They stormed back. Jacoby Brissett is playing like a quality starter. Even in fantasy, he's just moving up on points to uh, 15 point games, then a 20 point game, and then now like a 22.5. So he got KC next week. And we also have Matt Stafford that he just he couldn't even lose the game, but he still lost the game. So, yeah. But he's just getting great good production, though. Definitely. And he's definitely someone moving forward. It could be very, uh, very good for your fantasy team. So. So, Jim, yeah, that was just, unfortunately your third one, though, right? <laughs> yeah, so I'll just uh, go straight to my fourth one then. Houston disappoints just a complete dud of the game if you didn't have Christian McCaffrey. But Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins had complete duds. I have these two players in multiple leagues, and it was just very discouraging to see the score just not move at all in this game. Uh, DeAndre... Uh, Deshaun Watson in his two home starts this game, this year so far, has only 10 points, 10 fantasy points at home. That is crazy. You think there will be an opposite effect, like he'll have less fantasy points on the road, but no, he's having them at home while having his better games on the road. And DeAndre Hopkins, it's a ripple effect down there too, so if he's not having a good game, you know DeAndre Hopkins is not getting the ball. But somehow they even managed to squeak in a, a trick play that got blown up and ended it with a DeAndre Hopkins interception. So that's just like, why don't you just like blow it in my face, Bill O'Brien? Yeah, basically. And, you know, <laughs> this Houston's offense is really killing a lot of people this year, and it needs to get fixed. You know, Bill O'Brien wants to save his job right now. He needs to get this offensive moving because they have the players that are on this team that are great. And if they're not going to do that, you know, that's going to be concerning for us in fantasy because you drafted Watkins, you drafted Hopkins, you drafted maybe Will Fuller, you drafted the running backs there now, or you picked them up at least. So it's definitely a concern. We need to make sure that it's monitored moving forward because we might not want to start these players each and every week now. But going to my third one, since I didn't steal this one from you, Jibs, my third one is... Cooper Cup is a wide receiver one now and moving forward. This man is just killing it in fantasy. He keeps getting better and better every week. He's top. He's a t- he's the top ten fantasy wide receiver right now, and he's had three straight hundred yard games. And he's had some pretty pretty difficult matchups, I'd say for the most part. And he continues to produce. I always keep on saying in our podcast that this receiving core is more of a uh, three way rotation, but it's, it's turning to more of a Cooper Cup, and then one week it's Cooks, one week it's Woods, and Cup continues to just produce each and every week. And if you could find ways to get him on your team right now, I know his value is probably a little outrageous, but he's definitely someone you want on your team because he has 
Jared Goff's trust, and Jared Goff will throw to him in any situation. Yeah, definitely love that take. Can't yeah. get it wrong. It's definitely been Cup Woods, Cup and Cooks, Cup and Cooks, but like it's still the constant main piece in the whole offense is Cup. Exactly. Getting over 100 yards, seven catches, and a crazy touchdown every week, it seems like. Yeah. It might be discouraging, though, with that was some epic game flow. It was just a shootout game. So if maybe the games become tighter and they're actually running the ball, there could be some slight effects for the wide receivers. But it doesn't seem like it's hurting Cup at all. So since you already did your extra one by accident, or oh, I took one yours, basically, I'll, I'll do my fourth one real quick. My fourth yeah. one is the the Bills defense is good. Like oh, yeah. they are good guys. Like in football, yes they lost to the Patriots this weekend. Granted the Patriots are the Patriots and they're fine ways to win always. But the Bills defense haven't allowed more than seventeen points all season. Like the fantasy numbers you, you know, they they versed some pretty mediocre teams to begin the year. You thought, okay, whatever like they're just what it is. But they stopped this Patriots offense. Yes, I know the defense like killed it. If you have them on defense their streamable defense every every week will probably win you weeks, but for the Bills, like they just kind of stopped everyone. James White had nine. Sony Michelle had six. Josh Gordon had five and a half. Julian Edelman had five. Brady had four. Philip Brissetto, big pickup this week had two. Rex Burke had another big pickup this week had two. Like they just completely shut down this offense. This is like a high power offense. Like this is a team who knows how to get the job done each and every week, but yet they shut them down. It's definitely something if you're looking forward in fantasy and you're like, oh, my player plays the Bills this week, maybe I shouldn't play these guys this week because they're not going to produce a lot of high fantasy points. I think the only one that's ever really done anything since the season, I thought it was Le'Veon Bell, but Le'Veon Bell was just thrown with like 40 targets in that week one performance. Ever since then, no one else has really like gone too crazy in these games. So it's definitely something to keep your eye on moving forward. If you have players that are going to reverse the Bills, you may not want to start them. Did you catch this game, by the way? I watched a bit of it. it. It was just like constant pressure. They just, the cornerbacks are fantastic. Brady just kept on throwing and it kept on getting basically just batted away, broken up, anything they could think of. Oh, yeah. I just wanted to give like kudos to them because like the last two minutes or like the end of the fourth quarter, I didn't think they were, they had the first shot to, get, to drive down the field and get some points and then they gave it back. Um, the fourth and goal or whatever, I didn't think they'll get a chance to get the ball back again. And I was surprised to see them driving with, like, over two minutes left with a chance to maybe beat the Patriots. I was, like, surprised. They played them close. And if the Bills could do it against Tom Brady, I feel bad about a lot of teams coming down their slate. 100% because the Patriots are a top team. So if anyone else is going to do it, they're definitely going to be not as well. So... But what about your just what about your last big thing you noticed from the weekend? Minshew Nation. Minshew Nation. Tell us more. <laughs> but uh, not really Minshew Nation. I'm gonna give props to my man Leonard Fournette this week. The Jaguars are down against Broncos. It was a very competitive game. But one thing that stood out to me was Broncos I mean the Jaguars never stopped running the football. Constantly just giving it to Fournette, giving some of the rock ball armstead. Minshew getting the third down, sustaining the, the drives, getting the clutch touchdown passes when it needs to. They just played a complete game on offense. Like I mentioned, Leonard Fournette had over 225 yards rushing 
on 29 carries. They fed him the ball. We usually just nag on Leonard Fournette because he always has mediocre yards per carry production, but he showed out today. Like I said, the backup, he even chipped in for eight for 42 yards. The receivers didn't have that studly game. DJ Chark had a touchdown taken back, but it's still encouraging that he still caught that touchdown even though it was a flag on the play. And I just want to give it up to the Jaguars. And it sucks that the Broncos keep losing these close games. They really do. I think do. they lost two games under two points and at least one-score games, all of them. I think in the last, yeah, they lost a lot of them within within seven points or less. This team is just unlucky, unfortunately. But my last and final thing I noticed from the weekend was it's it's more of a broader topic, but Christian McCaffrey is the first round draft pick winner through the first four weeks of the year. He looked amazing again this weekend. He just catches everything like he is just a fantasy point machine right now, and he's right now currently ranked number one in in as a running back in fantasy this year. But I'm just going to tell you guys a little bit about what everyone else is doing right now. Alvin Kamara is 6th. Ezekiel Elliott's 9. David Johnson is 8. Saquon Barkley is out right now for an extended period of time. Bell is ranked 25th. James Conner is ranked 41. Joe Mixon is ranked 47. And those are just the running backs. And then you, like, maybe you guys went the receiver route. You know, Hopkins is, is ranked 23. Devontae Adams is ranked 20, who's just got hurt a little bit, beat up. Michael Thomas is ranked 9th. Julio's a top guy, so I didn't really mention him. But And then Odell Beckham, another first-round guy, is ranked 25th. So, like, <laughs> it, it, this is the time right now, the season. You're four weeks in. Your teams, you could have owners that are panicking. And a lot of these first-rounders, I think they just in a rut to begin the season. These are the times where you could go and trade these players now like you're in four weeks they, they might be fed up with the production they're giving and they all un- underperformed this week a lot too like a lot of these guys didn't really perform to our standards like Zeke and Kamar and Odell and Hopkins these guys didn't perform very well and this might be the time frame where like all right guys maybe it's the time where to get these guys now because they are stars and they're going to find ways to turn it around at some point this season so that was my biggest take you know McCaffrey's winning it and this is the time now to go get those former first rounders and put them on your team because they could provide real value later in the season because fantasy can easily be switched and the their fantasy stars just click and boom, these guys are top players the rest of the season somehow. Great points as always. Absolutely. Before our student doc gets on, uh, I just want to mention a couple you know, studs and does real quick. Jibs to you, so... Uh, quick thing, I'll just start with the tight end position. Austin Hooper, fantastic game. Will Disley did fantastic. Gerald Everett, if you guys didn't catch our last episode, he was a sleeper this week. He put up 12 points. Ricky Seals-Jones was one of the top guys. Uh, some guys that did disappoint to us, Delaney Walker, O.J. Howard, as we talked, Vernon Davis, these guys all really disappointed. Jarrett Cook, once again, performed horribly. He's basically almost a droppable player this time for you guys. Uh, as wide receivers go, Jibs, you mentioned Chris Godwin, 35 points. That was impressive. Cortland Sutton was a top guy. A.J. Brown this ha- week happened to play very well. Robert Woods had a great game. And for some people who probably didn't play that well, we talked about Hopkins and Odell. Adam Thielen had a really shitty game. Six points. I mean, six yards received. Yeah. Julian Edelman, we talked about him. Very bad game. Calvin Ridley had another horrible game. 
I mean, you just have to take the good with the bad some weeks, guys. You really do. Unfortunately, that was a bad week for a lot of them, guys. As far as receiver running backs go, I mean, Nick Chubb, Jibs, you mentioned him. He had an amazing game. Leonard Fournette, 29, yard, 29 fantasy points, over 200 yards rushing this week. Austin Eckler. McCaffrey. McCaffrey. Wing Gallman, big waiver pickup guy, 21 points against the Redskins team. If you're looking to sell someone, he might be a great sell right now. If you're someone looking for a running back, great sell. Some bad ones was Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram, which Dibs, I, I called him Mark Ingram plus this you week. Said the Mark Ingram. Zeke Elliott played pretty poor. Marlon Mack with three and a half points. Like, there are some of the studs kind of unfortunately just performed very um, poorly this week. And then I'll just get in the quarterbacks. Jameis Winston, great game. Lamar Jackson, kind of on and off, but he put up enough points to do very well. Jared Goff with you know three picks in this game, but some for, but he threw for five hundred yards, so and he couldn't win the game. Sixty-eight yards, I mean sixty-eight attempts. That's yeah, that's that is, is stupid. Like stupid that the fact they couldn't win that game with that. It's fantasy. So and then J- Jacoby Brissett, Matthew Stafford, both great players. Uh, unfortunately, we had some bad ones. Tom Brady, we already talked about. Dak Prescott was a disappointment. Sean Watson, uh, Case Keenum, we talked about him as a possible sleeper this week, put a .5, got benched halfway through. The, the, hopefully the, um, the Wayne Hoskins time is now. And Pat Mahomes. Pat Mahomes. Points, no touchdowns. Yeah, that was, <laughs> that, was a, that was a real I disappointment. I can't complain about that. If, that's, if 18 points is his floor, I'll take that with no touchdowns. Yeah, so, I mean, but before we get the student doc on, again, like I said before, he's still running a little late, so I think we're just going to do our waiver wire segment, and we'll get him at, in at the end for us today, guys. So, Jibs, I'll let you go first. Who's your first waiver wire pickup for quarterback, if you have a quarterback, or just anyone in general? Quarterback's going to be Jacoby Percet. We explained that before. I'll, I'll let you get into the good details, but this guy's placing the Kansas City Chiefs, guys. He's increased fantasy production the last three weeks. He's bad back-to-back 20-point games. The offense will go no matter what. Game script should be positive for the quarterback play, forcing him to throw the ball and not having Marlon Mack just run the ball to the, the air goes out of it. So if you're looking for a quarterback, you, you go pick up Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, that was one of my big guys. He's thrown only on 35% of leagues right now. He's definitely, like we talked about, he's versing the Chiefs this week. Uh, great matchups for him. Yeah, he had a great matchup this coming week. A couple other guys just out there, guys, for you. Jameis Winston could be out there on waiver still. Andy Dalton has a great matchup next week. He's someone you might want to look into. Teddy Bridgewater also has a pretty decent matchup. You know, if Jared Goff can throw for 500 yards, Teddy Bridgewater can do at least 300 of those. So, you know, he has a great matchup coming in this week as well. Uh, Jibs, you bet you find any running backs maybe you might like out there for week five now? I like Ronald Jones watching that game, even though it was kind of a shootout. It seemed like Ronald Jones got a lot of the carries at the end of the game. Pate Barber scored that first touchdown run, but it just seemed like it was a Ronald Barber show at, after that. So if I'm looking for a running back on the waiver wire this week, it's going to be Ronald Jones because I could say Wayne Gallman, but I feel like everyone jumped on that train last week. He's too overowned. Probably at this point, you're not going to find him really out there. Yeah, One thing so. I noticed about Ronald Jones, though, I didn't mean to cut you off, but mm-hmm. he ahead. actually finally outsnapped Peyton Barber in a, in a football game. 
Oh, okay. Finally outstapped him in a football game. After all his games he's played, he's played in about, what, I say, like 18 and uh, 20, 25, 20 games so far this year in his career. He finally outsnapped Peyton Barber. So this could be the things to come. Oh, yes. We just got to hope he doesn't get cold running the ball and then gets back in the the doghouse. Yeah, no, definitely. And a couple other guys just to run by you. Ito Smith is sitting out there. He scored a touchdown last week. He's very efficient, and it could be coming to the point where maybe Devontae, Ad- Devontae Adams, Devontae Friedman starts losing more carries at some point. I keep talking about it, but it hasn't happened yet. Maybe it comes soon if you need a, just a spot guy on your bench. Maybe Chris Thompson's still going to be out there if you need to pick up somebody who's a PPR guy. And just look for anyone else who may be out there, like a, a Tariq Cohen, Duke Johnson. They could be out there. Those guys are great PPR machines. Maybe this week, if... Tevin Coleman is still out. Jeff Wilson, we talked about him two weeks ago, San Francisco 49ers player. He has like 14 red zone targets on the season, and you might not notice them this week because they were on a bye. So he's definitely someone in a deeper league. You might want to go and uh, get him, get on your fantasy team this week because he does get the opportunities in the red zone. So, And going into wide receivers, Jibs, again, I'll let you just keep going at it because I'll just kind of wrap everything up each time. All right, two on a highlight. If you haven't gotten Golden Tate and someone, some owner has not picked him up over the last couple of weeks, you pick him up. But the uh, wide receiver I want to highlight even more is Cortland Sutton. I know a lot of owners are frustrated with Emmanuel Sanders' hot start from the beginning of the season. And I think a lot of owners got frustrated and dropped him. But Cortland Sutton scored two touchdowns the last game. The arch was modest. He had 69 yards, but it seems like that is Joe Flacco's deeper target rather than uh, Emmanuel Sanders being that quick, short, intermediate guy. I think Corbin Sutton has he, – he's trending as a breakout player. It's just all about Joe Flacco's willingness to give him the ball, but he does get good average depth of targets, which is – great for fantasy owners yeah absolutely and he could just be very at the top of everyone's list right now because he's owned by in 60 percent of leagues but i know a lot of leagues he could still be out there he's riders from 14 right now in the season like he is just he's just a he's just pretty just out he's breaking out which we want to see and he needs to be on all your fantasy teams now if you need a spot dump it because he's definitely worth it a couple other players are Muhammad Sanu, available in 31% of the leagues. He got another nine catches, 91 yards this past week. He, he seems to be involved in this offense now. I, I get him on your team. He's going to be good at doing bye weeks. Geronimo Allison was a big drop the last couple of weeks. If you know Devontae Adams is extended past this past week to being out, he, he's going to get the targets at some point in production. And then two others really, oh, three others actually, are a kind of groupings. Miami wide receivers, Devontae Parker and Preston Williams on buys this week. Maybe you don't pick them up this week, but again, they've performed on, on different weeks, and at some point someone's going to break out again. Tennessee's wide receivers, I don't trust them still, but they're all available for you. A.J. Brown and Corey Davis, it's, at some point they're going to have the games like they had against the Falcons this week. The Colts, the Colts wide receivers, if Hilton's out again, Paris Campbell, Deion Kane. Uh, Zach Pascal and Chester Rogers all performed somewhat decent this weekend, some better than others, but they're both all available. I mean, I'm still looking at Paris Campbell as the as the best guy on the team personally, but you know you have to build that confidence with the quarterback. So all these guys are available for you, and if you're looking for like, a, a filter this week, and if one of these guys are out there, they're versing the Chiefs, they could have a great game. You know, so just keep that in mind going into the week five here, and then. And I got two more for you. Go ahead. 
Oh, Jameson Crowder. Oh, yeah. He's probably got dropped a couple weeks ago after Sam Darnold went down with the mono. So you could... He had 10 uh, targets with Sam Darnold in week one, so you could pick him up. I think a lot of them are frustrated with that one. And another frustrated scenario would be Dante Pettis, although he had his bye week this week. Just like Jameson Crowder, he did finish on a slightly higher note where he started off. He, he got a touchdown. basically goose egg the first two weeks or three weeks of the season, but he got that touchdown, four or five targets for 20 yards. Not that much, but just keep an eye on that. No, absolutely. Great, great picks as well. And Jez, we'll let you go to the tight end position. Who do you got left on the tight end that these guys could pick up? Oh, the highlight of the, the batch will be Chris Herndon. He's been suspended for the first four games of the year, but Sam Burrow should be coming back. He did show great connection with them during the rookie season. They Jets have been thrown into the tight end position, from what is worth, with the backup quarterbacks being in. I can't really correlate that or Sam's success with it, but they're an integral part of the offense, so I think Chris Herndon could be a little sprinkle for some desperate fancy owners down this in the middle parts of the season. Yeah, no, um, he's definitely a great option. Mine actually had to be uh, uh, Dawson Knox, Bills uh, oh, tight yes. end. He's back-to-back 60-yard game so far. He's getting involved in this offense. I don't know how it changes with maybe depending on who plays quarterback this weekend, how that goes, but He's definitely someone to keep your eye on. If you had somebody who's underperforming this year, he could definitely be someone who ends up having a great second half. Uh, Jimmy Graham's another great option. When Devontae Park, Devontae Parker, Devontae Adams went down, Jimmy Graham was targeted like five straight times in that Thursday night game. He could be the guy that steps up for Adams at being out this weekend, so he's definitely a worthy pickup if you're looking for a tight end this week. I did say before to drop Jarrett Cook, and I get it, guys. He's played for a poor this season, but he plays the... We'll talk about it on Thursday, but he does play the Bucks this week, so don't drop him. He could end up having a great game for one week, just like Jared, Jared, uh, Jarrell, uh, Jarrell Everett did this past week. Don't drop him yet. Just give him maybe one more week. So, uh, Jibs, we'll get into the defenses. Any like defenses you're looking to pick up this week? You can't. Pl- no one's playing Miami, so. I know that's been a little trick the last couple of weeks. They're on a bye. Okay, I want to highlight the Philadelphia Eagles, if Sam Darnold is not able to get back into the contest due to his mono and it's a spleen situation, that could be a defensive sport. San Francisco, they play Cleveland, although they did change up their act last week. They still let the most fancy points to opposing DSTs. And those would be my two that are on the waivers for most likely. Um, well, I have a couple more. So those are great ones, too. I did say the Eagles, too, but uh, Tennessee Titans, Tennessee, yeah, they may Tennessee be on there. Um, who's the quarterback? Who's that? Mark Barkley? Mark, Matt Barkley. Matt Barkley. There it is. Matt Barkley could be playing this week. We're not sure yet. We'll find out maybe a little bit more soon on that. But he could be playing this week. The Raiders have the Bears with maybe Chase Daniels at quarterback, even though Chase Daniels had a decent game last week. But the Raiders kind of shut down, you know, not shut down, but they could have end up having a good game. And the Panthers as well could end up having a very good game as well. This week, they played the Jaguars. I know Minshaw's been, you know, we all love his uh, thing, but, you know, the Panthers are a good defense, and they kept, you know, Deshaun Watson in bay, so maybe they could do it against Menshaw this week too. So those are definitely streamer options for you guys to pick up. Uh, that was our waiver wire segment. We do have our guest on now, the student doc, wherever he may have disappeared to here. How's it going, folks? Hey, what's going on, man? How's everything going? Oh, I'm just chugging along here. Just got home. 
gonna record with you guys. Got a oh. test to study for, so that's exciting. Oh, it's so I'm gonna never procrastinate fun. and talk some fantasy football injuries yeah. instead. Yeah, absolutely. And before you get into it, just let the view, uh, listeners know where they can find you, as always. Yeah, follow me over at at FF Student Doc on Twitter. I use my Twitter as a sort of central hub for all the different places that I contribute to. So I'll hook you up over there. Yeah, follow was- me there. Yeah, Student Doc does a lot of great uh, on-the-spot uh, injury analysis for us, and I'm always checking it out when I need to know an update about something. So great source to go to there for that. Appreciate that, man. Absolutely. So we'll let you just get right into it. Some big, some dis- some decent injuries had happened over the weekend. Nothing too major, but there's definitely concern for some players we want to know more about going forward here. Yeah, so the first dude that we can talk about here is um, – TJ Hawkinson, so that was obviously super scary. Uh, didn't take a medical professional to watch him sort of fall and be like, oh, crap, I hope he's okay. Uh, the good news is, you know, he's obviously up and moving around, and they were able to talk to him after that injury happened. What fell through the cracks, and probably rightfully so, was that he also hurt his shoulder, apparently. Uh, and to be to, not to get too salty, but I've seen two reports from Adam Schefter today talking about injuries, and you know, not that his sources aren't good. It's just I don't understand like the types of reports that he puts out. Like the one this morning on Hawkinson was uh, T.J. Hawkinson avoids IR. Okay, well that doesn't really tell us anything. Did anybody really think that he was going to the IR in the first place? I don't know. Maybe <laughs> some people did, but anyway, I didn't think that was a very helpful report. And then I saw the one earlier about like Devonte Adams will not play next week, and I was like, dude, what what's going on? Like this, we're like a week away from game day. What are you talking about? Moral of the story here is that T.J. Hawkins has hurt his shoulder, and the way that he landed on his shoulder. Uh, It was sort of the classic AC joint, your acromioclavicular joint. So if you touch the very end of your shoulder, um, sort of on the tip on the side of your shoulder, that bony part, that's called your AC joint. That's where your clavicle meets your, um, your clavicle meets your shoulder sort of. And that joint, when it gets disrupted, can be really painful. And that's what the classic shoulder separation is. I don't imagine that since... They didn't put him on IR. I guess that's the one thing we can say is that it wasn't that severe. So generally speaking with those types of injuries, it's going to be two to four weeks. So, of course, we're making a lot of assumptions. The first assumption is that's what happened is a shoulder separation. The second assumption we're making is that it's not too severe. But if it is, you can put it in this neat little box and say, you know, it'll be about two to four weeks for TJ Hawkinson. Yeah, definitely. And if he's going to be out, you guys, we just talked about waiver pickups for tight ends. These are the guys you need to look for if you had a, had Hawkinson as your starter. So, Yeah, the next guy we can touch on here is Trubisky. His was a little interesting to me because it's his non-throwing shoulder, and it's sort of funny how the Bears actually looked better once he was out. <laughs> Chase Daniel was dropping dimes out there. Mm-hmm. But the thing with Trubisky is that the reports are that it's a labral tear. So essentially inside your shoulder, you have this, you can call it a shelf, and your bone, like your humerus, the head of your humerus, sits in that shelf, and it's that's what the labrum is, is, is cartilage. Without that shelf, it's really unstable, and it can, it can, uh, the shoulder can dislocate. So if it's a minor issue, which they're making it sound like it is, it's really just a matter of stabilizing those muscles, a lot of physical therapy, uh, strengthening the muscles around the joint, and pain control, you know, reduce the swelling, get rid of the pain, And then since it's his non-throwing shoulder, he actually has a chance to be back within uh, like four or five weeks. Uh, But again, 
the Bears look better without him, so we'll see what happens when he gets back. Yeah, they definitely looked much much better with uh, Chase Daniels as a quarterback, so I, I'd be looking forward to see Chase Daniels on the field instead of Mitch Trubisky, but you know, if you need a quarterback, if you had Mitch as your starter, I don't know why, but you may have had to have. Uh, look for these other guys we mentioned, you know, before like Kyle Allen starting again. He could be a pickup you might want to make or reset like we talked about. So, Right. So the next guy that we were going to talk about was Josh Allen, right? Is that correct? Yes, Josh Allen, yes. Okay. So not a ton to report, just uh, the fact that he obviously sustained that concussion from Dirtbag Perfect, who I had a rant on him. Uh, last night after that happened. The dude just needs to be kicked out of the league. I'm glad that they suspended him for the year. Surprised they not kicked him out yet. Moral sto- yeah, sorry. No, uh, moral story is uh, Josh Allen's in the concussion protocol. And I, and the only thing I'll say, since I prob- people probably hear that term thrown around a lot, concussion protocol, concussion protocol. So at the beginning of every season, they take these players, their ability to balance with their eyes open, their eyes closed, um, what their headaches are, like their level of headaches, how quickly their reaction uh, time is all these validated numbers and essentially what they do is they every day or whatever, whatever interval that they, that they take, they essentially wake up the day after the concussion. Okay. Tell us how your symptoms, how did you have, if they had headaches the day when it happened? Okay. Do you have, do you still have your headaches? Is it better? Is it worse? Okay. How's your balance? Do you feel dizzy? Are you less dizzy or more dizzy than yesterday? Oh, yesterday you weren't dizzy and today you're dizzy. And they sort of take all those reports and then at intervals, they'll retest his balance and all those things that I mentioned already. And that's how players progress through the concussion protocol. And that's why you see players that will take longer than a week because they will not release those players until they're back at baseline or a certain percentage of what their baseline is that they took at the beginning of the season. So that's what he'll go through this week, just like every other player. Um, he, I, I won't say that he will miss this week, but if you're going by averages, he probably will be. He has a chance to be out this week. Definitely. It's definitely... It definitely sucks because I really like Josh Allen's schedule coming up. He has a lot of great matchups. I believe he versus the Dolphins coming up soon, and then he's going to have, like, the Bills and then the Steelers. And I think the Giants, like, will all in the next, like, five weeks. So he, after this week against the Titans, like, he had, like, an amazing set of matchups. So hopefully he can rest up, maybe take the week off and, you know, come back and perform. Yeah, definitely. That's what you hope for. So we talked about Allen. We talked about Hawkinson. And now let's touch on a couple of guys that people have been asking me about. I'm sure you've been getting questions too. So AJ Green, ironically, after I said, hey, we should record tonight, somebody tweeted at me and was like, hey, check this video out of AJ Green. It's AJ Green doing ladder drills, guys. And this makes my nerd like brain go just just shoot off in a million different directions because I'm watching him and I'm, I'm encouraged, definitely. Uh, but it's, it's, it's interesting that they put out just today that a report came out. You know, he won't be back for – the next two weeks probably which i've been saying since the preseason i didn't expect him to because of what we assumed or what i assumed his his surgery was that they went in because I, I think i told i don't know if it was you guys that i talked about it with but essentially a surgeon went in there and was like oh shoot this is this is worse than i thought on the mri once he got into and was looking at his ankle so he had like a major reconstruction on it i would not plan for aj green until at least week eight and like I said, I was surprised when they didn't put him on the IR early in the season. If his absence extends, if he has some sort of setback or something, I would not be surprised if his absence is actually more than just past eight weeks. So that's just something to consider. Yeah, definitely. And I know 
I know Jib's over there. He has AJ Green in a couple of places, and I know he's begging for him to get back on his team. I'm salivating like a dog right now, but <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah, it's time, brother. It's it was good because, like I said, the video I saw of him, he was working at just about probably. 50-60% speed those lateral drills and that's what you want to see He's so he's at a good stage because once you're doing because straight line running is one thing it's not a big deal I mean it's a milestone but it's not a, as big of a deal to go just do straight line running on a treadmill as it is to do, be doing lateral drills and that's what the video I saw so you, you at least know he's making some progress and that's going to be what you he's going to want to strengthen is that, that side to side mobility that stability but the last dude we'll talk about here is Hill uh, one of my one of my uh, least favorite dudes in the NFL, but we'll touch touch on him anyway. Gosh, I'm sounding negative tonight. I'm trying to hurry. That's all right. Instead You're of okay. rambling, I'm just being negative. Anyway, <laughs> so the dude dislocated his sternoclavicular joint, went posteriorly. It was a medical emergency. Then it was not because they reduced it back in. So what they're doing is I saw a report that they're going to take some images, and what they're essentially going to look for is that hasn't moved since they put it back. hasn't moved a significant amount. What are what does the swelling look like? What does the damage to the to the ligaments look like? And does it look like it's in a stable position? And then they're going to combine that with this subjective reports of is it still hurting? Are you able to raise your arms over your head? How are you feeling when you do that? If you jump up to catch a ball, what does it feel like? Um, how's your physical therapy going? Are you able? Have you progressed to overhead activities yet? All that kind of stuff. And so since the beginning, they've said you know, four to six weeks, and that sounded about right to me. I. It was weird because people even last week were like, oh, Tyree Kill's coming back. Tyree Kill's coming back. I was like, guys, no, this is not going to happen for at least another few weeks. But if he's back by, we're in week four. That happened week one. Um, I would say that I think week six is the earliest you're really looking at as, in terms of realistically, in terms of when you'll see him again. Yeah, and he's definitely Week six or seven. Yeah, and he's definitely going to need some time to like, get himself back in game mode and whatnot. So. Oh, yeah, definitely. definitely. And that's the one thing. That's the, the passive side of like these injury analyses is i don't think so much for hill because uh he he'll he'll get cleared to run and sprint and, condi- and do conditioning drills before he'll get you know cleared for football activities but for a lot of these other athletes and injuries like when their lower extremity gets dis- their lower extremity injuries they can't they just can't even stay in game shape which is like a big deal you know so that's like the passive sort of the, the afterthought about injuries and what happens to people when they get injured yeah 100 percent and you know, as we get closer and closer to his return, you know, these the guys like Michael Harmon and uh, Marcus Robinson, to me personally, I think they're going to be players you want to sell soon because Hill is going to be back at some point. Maybe to give it another week or two. Maybe we'll go off a high week. Maybe next week if they have great games, that may be the perfect time to sell because Tyreek Hill will come back. You know, you never know how the injury will go when he gets back on the field, but, you know, they could be a good time to sell for a more consistent player uh, in your for your team, so... Yeah, and then the last dude I'll touch on here, obviously we buried the lead. The last one I'll touch on is uh, Devontae Adams. So that's I, I mentioned him just a little bit ago with the Adam Schefter report. I just thought it was interesting that Schefter reported that he's already out. Uh, generally, you don't see that. You don't see a report that a player is going to be out a week before they actually are scheduled to play unless it's a very severe injury. And the way that they made it sound is that, you know, at least initially, is that he had a minor disruption. But obviously you can interpret that a lot of different ways. If the Packers looked at his MRI and they considered it minor, technically speaking, a minor disruption with these injuries of this turf toe, which is just um, ligaments on the underside of your first toe, the, those they sort of get hyperextended. He lands on his toe and those ligaments get hyperextended. That's what turf toe is. Yeah. So they looked at the MRI and they said it was minor. Technically speaking, those 
a, a minor sprain or a minor injury would technically be a grade two and a grade two could have a miss up to two weeks. Now, the reason that I'm sort of skeptical about the fact that he's going to miss this week already is that a grade two, like I said, the max is about two weeks on average and a grade one, he can actually play depending on his symptoms. And so we're going to be sitting at 10 days in between when it happened and when his next game is. And so, yeah, I guess it's sort of, it could land on either side. You know, it could land on, it is, you know, the 10 days and it was a great one. And so he should be ready or we can land on, well, it was a great two. So it's been 10 days. He's not quite ready. I just think it's interesting. I'm sort of skeptical that six days before the injury, you know, and Adam Schefter's sources are good, obviously. So if somebody's (laughs) telling him that he's not going to play next week, then I guess, you know, that that holds some weight. But in terms of like just from, from afar, from a medical perspective, I thought that was surprising. But I guess as of now, according to Schefter, plan to be at least one week without him. But if he does miss this one week, I definitely would expect him back by week six. Oh, great. Good to know. That, that was a that was a great take. Thank That's you so much. Insight. 100%. That is actually our show today. Um, Edwin, uh, we appreciate you coming on. As always, Every seems like almost every Monday now at this point, you're on uh, giving us injury updates, and we really do appreciate that. Hey, man, I'm always here for it. Sorry that I was late tonight. If you, uh, I always forget that you guys aren't on Central Time because the yeah. world revolves around me. You know, I'm selfish. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's all right. Believe me, I forget all the time, though. Believe me, it's 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 horrible. <laughs> but let the view, let the listeners know one more time where they can see find you at. Yeah, at ffstudentdoc on Twitter. Okay. Follow me there. Absolutely, follow him, guys. He's he's a great guy here. Just so you guys know, please always visit our website at thefantasycoaches.com. We have a lot of great content, rankings, articles, our podcast episodes. My Sunday live streams are on there, guys. It's, it's always great to see. Also, you know, just fo- please follow us on Twitter at Coaches Fantasy. You can always follow me at Coach Stephen P. Jibs, let them know where they can follow you at. Hate Concho. Hate Concho, yes. And then also our Instagram page, The Fantasy Coaches. So uh, we appreciate you guys listening tonight. We'll be back on Friday morning with our start and sits for the week. And, and hopefully you guys win your games tonight and get your waivers that you need to get. So... We thank you guys, and you guys have a great night now.